What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the Candidly Speaking Podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Lippert Gillespie, and I am so grateful that you are here today with me for another episode. Today, we have a Candid Conversations episode coming your way. You guys know I'm a journalist. You know I love interviewing people, and you know that these are just me chatting with someone and talking and getting a bunch of goodness from a conversation, and I hope that it encourages you to listen to other people's stories and to spark some other conversations. A lot of these people that I bring on these interviews interview episodes are I haven't met in person. Some of them I have, but some of them I haven't. And I think that's what's so beautiful about this space I'm trying to create is that there are so many lessons that we can learn from other people. If we just take the time to have that conversation, to be fully present in that conversation with them. And life is is a team sport. I mean, it really is. We're not, we're not doing this all alone. That's for sure. So learn from the people around you and make those connections and you never know what is going to come from it. So I really don't have a big long intro for you. I'm just going to get right into to telling you about today's guest because she is amazing. Last week's episode, I hope you all loved that. Taylor from The Healing Cue, I had such a good response from that episode and I'm not surprised because as I was sitting there recording it, my mind was being blown and I already had met Taylor virtually. We have never met in person, but I met her virtually and I knew she was going to have a lot of knowledge, but I mean, she even blew my mind and she is doing such amazing things and I just acknowledge her light so much and so I was not surprised that that episode was so well received and so many people commented back or shared it on their stories and were just like whoa and I'm like I know (laughs) she is amazing so I'm so glad you liked that episode so let's get into today's guest today is Brittany from Body Talk with B I love this girl she first of all she has a really soothing voice I'm just gonna tell you that right off the bat maybe it's just me but I found her voice to be really soothing (laughs) so there's one thing Uh, but besides that what I love about this interview and about her story and she goes into this she does not hold back she took the hardest thing she's ever gone through in her life and she's turned it into her message to help others and that is so brave and so vulnerable so many people I think myself included when you go through something hard you just want to get out of the other end alive and you're not thinking maybe about serving other people or how you can help other people you're just like man this sucks I just need to get out of this situation and Brittany did that but she is also now making it her mission and her job and her career to help other women that are going through exactly what she went through and she's just such a beautiful soul besides that she's an embodiment guide and a reiki healer i actually won a reiki session with her i entered entered a giveaway on her instagram and i do not often win giveaways that I enter, but I won this one. So I got a Reiki healing session with her and it was really great. We'll talk some about what Reiki is and we hear her story and how she got to where she is now and how she is really taking, you know, what what really brought her to her knees to the ground and making it something that lifts herself and others up. So I know you guys are going to love this. I know you're going to love this sweet, sweet soul. So without further ado, I am going to let you listen to my conversation with Brittany. Brittany, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the show. How are you? Hello, Carrie. I am doing fabulous, and I am so happy to be here. Yay! I'm so happy to have you here. You are another one. of We met through some friends in Charlotte. I have so many good relationships from my time in Charlotte. I lived mm-hmm. there for only a year, but I have so many good relationships there. Isn't that awesome how you can yeah. connect with people in different areas and then hang on to them if you end up moving I know. And it's, it's just the power of like the world we live in now that we can all find each other in these weird ways. (laughs) Yeah. And stay connected. Exactly. So Mm -hmm. you, I kind of met to quote, quote, met, um, virtually through Carrie Anna, who I've had on this show and is a dear friend of mine. And she is just such a light. And Mm -hmm. I just knew, you know, Carrie's one of those people where like, if she speaks highly of someone, like I know it's for real. (laughs) That warms my heart so much. She is beautiful. And I am so thankful we met because we did an event together. And she as as soon as we met, we found out we had so many things in common. And we almost kind of do similar things job wise. And we were just laughing about it because we're very similar. Yeah, I love that. I love that so much. So let's get right into talking about you. And I want to start I love to start these episodes just on what your upbringing was like, where you grew up and what you were like in adolescence and then in high school and in grade school even. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about it. 
So I am from a suburb of Chicago. I grew up in Downers Grove, Illinois, a sort of little middle-class Midwestern town where everyone knows everyone. And I was a happy-go-lucky child. I have two sisters. I'm in the middle. So I have to say middle Middle child syndrome isn't a thing for me. I felt fully loved by my parents. Yay! Um, Yeah, I never felt like I was lacking in attention. My mom and I have always kind of been best friends. And growing up, I wasn't really close with my sisters. You know, I think we just fought a lot, as a lot of children do. Um, I think it was just kind of natural for us. And... Now we're all really good friends. But growing up, wasn't super close with my sisters. I think it was just kind of your basic sibling energy there. But I was a really happy kid, always super into nature, always really into connecting with animals. And looking back on my childhood, I realized that I was a really sensitive child. I think that I was picking up on people's energies when I was younger without knowing it. And, you know, it's one of those things where you look back and you're like, oh, I was a super empathic kid. You know, I was really sensing people's energies and letting that affect me. But as a child, you don't know that. And my mom... While she's spiritual, she wasn't really like new age or woo woo. So she wasn't like, oh, my child is empathic. Let me me teach her how to take care of her energy. So, so growing up, I, to kind of give some background, I guess, into why I do what I do, which we'll get into. But as I grew up, I was a very small child for my age. I was the older kid in my class, but I was always the smallest. Like I was short and I was thin. And going into high school, people would always kind of comment on my body size. And people would say, oh, I wish that I was your size so I could fit into anything or look good in anything. And being the age that I was, I wasn't really putting a lot of weight on those comments, but wait, no pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, people would say these things to me. So I got it into my head that the size that I was was good and that the Mm -hmm. size that I was was how I was supposed to look. And then I think that as I grew older, you know, 16, 17, I started maturing and my body started to change a little bit. And... I think that internally that kind of freaked me out. And I was like, this must be wrong because everyone was saying that the way my body used to be was, you know, quote unquote, perfect. Mm -hmm. And so I started really controlling my food. I began using exercise as a tool to shape my body into what I thought was right and how it was supposed to be and I fell into some really really unhealthy and disordered habits surrounding food and exercise and I ended up moving to Charlotte North Carolina two weeks after graduating high school because my my whole family moved here My dad's job opened up an office in Charlotte, and we all decided to come to Charlotte together. And so I ended up going to college here in Charlotte, and that move was a lot more difficult than I ever expected. You know, I think that for anyone who's been to college, they know that feeling of, especially if you're living at your school, they know that feeling of holidays coming and being so excited to get to go back home to your room you grew up in and seeing all of your old friends. And for me, I didn't have that because when holidays came around, 
I was going to a home that I didn't know at all. And I was with my family, but I didn't get to see any of my friends. Yeah. And so I felt really lonely. And, you know, I made, I made friends in college and some of those friends I still have today, but it still felt extremely lonely. And I think that my freshman year of college, if I could describe it in one word, I would say that I felt lonely. And if I have any friends listening to this who were friends with me my freshman year, it's like nothing against you. You were there for me and I did have good times with those friends, but you can be surrounded by people and still feel lonely. 100%. Yeah. And that's definitely where I was at. And so those disordered eating habits I had developed in high school, just they grew. All of my focus went into that. Um, oh, I should probably say side note that I'm a dancer. <laughs> okay, what kind of dancing? So I, growing up in high school, I was on my dance team. And so it was a lot of jazz and hip hop and contemporary. And in college, I actually got my bachelor's degree in dance. And so I was doing modern and ballet. And so I spent most of my days in college in a leotard staring at myself in a mirror oh yeah yeah and, that wouldn't have been good for the uh yeah. psyche <laughs> yeah. for someone who was already struggling with body image and um controlling food and exercise that time was not a positive for me yeah oh gosh I can imagine yeah. And so things spiraled from there. And I feel like I'm, I don't know how much detail you want me to go into, but I just, I fell into a full-fledged eating disorder. I had major anxiety. I became depressed and I spent all four years of college that way. Wow. Can I ask where in, um, what school you went to in Charlotte? Yeah, I went to UNC Charlotte. Okay, great. So did you live at home? No, I I lived in dorms my freshman year, and I lived in an apartment with friends for, for my sophomore, junior year, and my senior year. I actually ended up moving home and commuting. Okay. Yeah, wow. I There's so much I can relate to in that. And I, I think every girl, woman has struggled with body image at some point. Mine was a little different than yours. I was always like a tomboy growing up and I had like, a, like, I a just was like too. yeah, like I just had like a boy <laughs> figure and I was always doing sports. And then one summer, yeah. I, I think it was the summer in between like sixth grade and seventh grade or something like that. I don't remember what it was, but puberty starts hitting. And all of a sudden yeah. I came back to school and I had like hips, like, yeah. and I had like a butt and I remember I started getting attention from boys because I had a good butt and it was like really, really uncomfortable for me um, because it was so weird. Like I left school being like a tomboy and like having like the body of a teenage boy basically. And then I came mm -hmm. back to summer and all of a sudden, like I was like a woman and it was just like, mm -hmm. it was really uncomfortable at first. And then it was really weird. And it took me a while to like be comfortable with that in any capacity. Yeah. It was just, it's so weird how our body stories are, are like everyone's body story is different, but everyone has got like something. <laughs> I know we all have a body and most of us who live in America deal with American culture yep. <laughs> that you can escape from. And it's, it's fully focused on appearance. Yeah. And we see it every day on TV and on, on Instagram and all these other things and what we should want. And, and it's, it's definitely, it breeds a culture of insecurity. And that's just something that that's the world we live in nowadays. So where did you go from there? What, what was your path after college and after struggling? Yeah. How did you regain your footing after, you know, realizing what a problem you had kind of developed? Mm -hmm. So my senior year of college, I actually moved home because I was so ill. And at the time, I don't think, I think 
from both my perspective and my family's perspective, it was, oh, Brittany's like, Brittany's unhappy and kind of not doing well. <laughs> but I didn't, and I don't think my family would have described me as having an eating disorder or being depressed. It, this is kind of something that now we can look back on and be like, oh, that's what was going on. Yeah. But at the time, I just quote unquote, wasn't doing well. And so I lived at home and I don't even know what kind of force was carrying me through that last year of school. I don't know how I graduated, but I somehow graduated even with a good GPA. Don't know how, but <laughs> so then when I graduated, you know, I didn't even walk at my graduation. Like after my last class, once my job was done with school, I just kind of hit rock bottom. And what that looked like for me was deep depression, unable to leave my house, living on the sofa, basically showing no emotion, like didn't laugh, didn't cry, wasn't angry, wasn't happy. I was just kind of a shell of a human. Yeah. And I was having panic attacks constantly. I was just really, really unbalanced and I was really sick. And so at one point, I just remember my mom sitting down on the couch where I was laying and we got to talking and I kind of told her that I just wanted to be unconscious for a while and that Whenever I did end up getting in my car to drive, I just wanted to crash it into something and I like didn't oh want to be here anymore. And my mom looked at me and said, okay, we're getting you help. And mm. I started seeing a therapist and I had seen therapists in the past, but never any that I liked and never any that I felt fully understood me and could kind of see through the facade I was putting up. Yeah, for sure. And so thankfully, this time around, the therapist that we chose was the right one for me. And I started seeing a naturopathic doctor because my body had been through so much. I was extremely deficient in so many vitamins. I had to regain my health and physically and mentally. So I started taking care of my mind. I started taking care of my body. I started reading books about energy and chakras and healing yourself and healing from the inside out. And between my doctor, my counselor, and my own ability to heal and to read and to learn, I just began healing myself. Wow. <sighs> that's, that's crazy. And I mean, I would assume it was a long journey and that it didn't, yeah. I mean, it doesn't happen overnight. So what was that no. journey like for you? How did it, how long do you think it took before you felt comfortable, yeah. you know, branching out again? So I have thought a lot about this actually, especially as I've gotten in onto this platform where I've been sharing my story because people want a timeline. Yes. And <laughs> it's hard to think back to, but I have kind of realized in my mind that I think, I think it was around, I graduated college in 2014. And it was maybe a year, maybe a little less than a year later when I started seeing my counselor. And so it may have been like 2015. And it took me a good, I would say, two years to feel stable. Wow, yeah. And what I mean by that is to get to a point where I could start doing other things in life besides healing, mm -hmm. yeah. right? Because yeah. when I started to heal, I was seeing my therapist once a week. I was seeing this naturopathic doctor taking all of these supplements that like consume my day. I like spending so much time reading and trying 
trying to get my shit together. Sorry, can we swear on this? Of course. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I was just trying to get my shit together. And so I spent a year or so doing that and like really focusing on that. And I am extremely, extremely thankful that I have a family who I lived with my parents and they were able to support me through that. Like I am so, so thankful that they were there for me and they were able to financially support my therapy and my doctor that I was seeing. Yeah, that is huge. I agree. Just having the support of your family, not only financially, but then also just having their support and knowing that you needed professional help. You know, there are some people who don't quote unquote believe in those types of things. So they're hesitant to, you know, maybe provide that or recommend that for their family member and having Mm -hmm. that is just huge. Yeah, it is. And So without them, I don't know where I would be, but I was obviously meant to have them as my parents. Yes, obviously. Yeah. (laughs) So after a year or so of really working on that, I started branching out and doing things again. Like, for example, I started dancing again and I can remember the first time I danced since healing and because because I definitely correlated dance with my my illness. Oh, for sure. And so I didn't dance for at least a year, which was a really long time for me. And I just remember I was asked by someone if I wanted to come dance at this art event where they were going to tape squares on the floor like in between different art installations and they wanted a dancer to be in each square um just moving improvising and they had a live band and everything and I can still remember that moment when I let myself move and to not worry about what I looked like while I was moving, but to really focus on how I felt. It was so freeing. And I feel like that was really a turning point for me where I was like, oh, I can do this and I can be like, well. Wow, that is so incredible. Isn't it so crazy when you have those like visceral moments where Mm -hmm. you just like think of it and it takes you right back into your body and it's just like almost magical. Yeah, it is. It is. And yeah, it just felt so good. And so I started dancing again. And I ended up going back to school. And I got my degree in therapeutic massage. Because I, I knew dance was meant to continue being a part of my life. But I knew I couldn't be in that world professionally. Yeah. It was not healthy for me. I wasn't going to do that to myself. And so I knew I needed to do something else. And I probably should also add that at this point where I was kind of like really healing, really feeling good, I knew that I was on the up. I started dating my now fiance. And we actually had dated in college when I was really sick. Okay. And it didn't last because I was really sick. And I kind of, we kind of just dwindled and I fell into my depression. And, you know, I was not in a place to have a relationship with anyone. Yeah. And so then when I... When I was at this point where I was really feeling healed and I was feeling so much better, and yes, I still had things I was working on. I mean, I will always have things I'm working on. But I got back together with my boyfriend and we began dating, and he was so supportive, and I sort of shared my story with him. And he and my parents both supported me in going back to school, and I got my therapeutic massage license and became a massage therapist and quickly realized that that was not the path for me. (laughs) Okay. You have to get a job and do that for a while in order to realize that. Yeah. And a lot of it was, I think when I was in school, we did 
we were doing massage, but we were also sitting at a desk and learning about the body and learning about physiology. And it was a lot of book work. And Mm -hmm. when I got into the field, I realized my body does not want to be working like this hard. It massage is very hard on your body. Oh, for sure. Oh my gosh. I give my husband like, we'll like just jokingly give each other, you know, casual massages or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. I do it for like five minutes and I'm like, oh my gosh, my hands are cramping. I could not <laughs> do this. Yeah. It's massage is really, it's really hard on your body physically and it's hard energetically because you're touching someone. Yeah. And so I kind of quickly realized something isn't feeling right. This is not for me. And I knew I was meant to be helping people. I knew I was meant to be healing, but I, I realized that wasn't the way. And so while I was, a mas- I'm technically still a, mas- a massage therapist, but I don't practice. Okay. And so while I was still working as a massage therapist, I, I went and got my Reiki training. What and- drew you to Like what made you... What about Reiki was like, oh, I should try that. Oh, it's so funny how everything is connected, right? I know. (laughs) Um, When I was in school, I had one professor who like probably twice a year, he would randomly, we would go into class to dance and he would say, today we're going to do energy work. And I felt so lit up and he would have us each get a partner and he would kind of guide us through healing our partner and sending energy to them and helping them to brush away bad energy and kind of realigning them energetically. And I loved it and I lived for those days and it just lit me up. And so actually before I ever became a massage therapist, I was very interested in Reiki And I realized after researching what Reiki was that I had been doing Reiki on myself for years and I didn't even know it. Wow. So you had to get a a, a degree or a level. What is it? What are the things for Reiki? So for Reiki, you get certifications and there are different levels. So I am currently a level two Reiki practitioner. And I believe that every Reiki trainer maybe kind of does their levels differently, but the Reiki master that I trained under, she has you train in Reiki 1, Reiki 2, Reiki 3, which is advanced, and then Reiki master, which is where you become a master and you're able to teach other people. And I am actually, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to ask where you, where you did that. Like, where yeah, is the, so, this person in Charlotte or? So the person that I trained under is in Asheville, North Carolina. And okay. she has a North Carolina school of Reiki. And she is a Reiki master herself. She's been doing Reiki for years. And she was fantastic and amazing and I feel so lucky to lucky to have been trained by her and it's really kind of a special thing whoever you're trained by because when you're trained in Reiki with each level you move up you get something called an attunement and an attunement in Reiki is where your Reiki master is opening up inside of you a path for the Reiki energy to move and for you to be able to channel and so with each attunement, you become more and more able to channel the Reiki energy. Interesting. I did not know that at all. Wow, yeah. that is so cool. So are you gonna are you intending to do more and become a master someday? Yeah, I actually next month I'm going for my advanced training. And then after that will be the master training. Wow, very cool. So when you finally got into Reiki and we're doing this, did that feel correct for you? I mean, you said you, you know, dancing and these other things, they, you had a passion there, but they didn't feel correct for you. Like, how did mm-hmm. it feel when you finally found Reiki? Yeah, Reiki felt right, for sure. I felt when I went and was taking my courses, I felt so aligned. I felt the healthiest I'd ever been. Like my head felt clear. Everything just felt in alignment. 
And yeah, so Reiki has always felt very near and dear to my heart. It's something that I used before I ever even was trained in it. It's something I've used to heal myself. And all of us, all of us have energy and all of us can be energy healers. All of us can channel energy. In order to channel Reiki specifically and to do Reiki, you have to be trained in it. But all of us can do energy healing without any training. So it's not something where like, I just think of like the mediums and stuff like that, where they're born with this ability, like Reiki is something where if you have the, uh, you know, passion for it and the ambition, you can learn it. Yes. And I will say it's the same thing as being intuitive or being empathic. Every single human on the planet has intuition. Every single human on the planet has an energetic body, right? Some Mm -hmm. of us are more sensitive than others. Some of us are more aligned. Some of us are at a higher vibration. Some of us are more in tune with energy. And so for some of us, it may feel more natural to do energy work. We may be more in tune and have a stronger ability to heal energetically. But all of us have the power to do it. What made you, when you were going back to your, I'm kind of taking a step back, but going back Mm -hmm. to your healing, what made you dip your toes into the more spiritual side of healing? Because I know some people who have recovered from eating disorders or other disordered actions and Mm -hmm. You know, really, they they saw therapists and but really they started eating better and doing some other things and getting out of the depression spells they were in. But and you did all those things, but you took it a step further and really concentrated on um, like a holistic inner spiritual approach as well. What what led you to that? Yeah. Honestly, I feel like this knowing has always been inside of me that energy is like the key. Energy is the source of healing. It's the thing that connects all of us. Like the universe is energy. We are made from energy. God is energy. Everything is energy. And so it seems obvious to me that in order to heal, you have to heal your energy and you have to use energy. And I think that, I think I don't think, I never had a spiritual awakening. I never had a moment where I realized, oh, this is it. I feel like I've just kind of always known. And as I've gotten older, gradually, I've just become more and more in tune with this knowing that energy is powerful. And so for me, honestly, it wasn't even, it wasn't like an aha moment. I think I was like, I need to heal. And I looked up, I don't even, honestly, I don't know how I knew about chakras. I don't know. I think that I was just meant to know. And it just came to me and I looked up a book and bought it and started reading and learning. That's incredible. I love that. And it's obviously taken you to where you are now and what you do. So let's talk some about Reiki in general and what a, like a session mm-hmm. is like, because it just so happens that before we got on for this podcast, <laughs> you had a giveaway on your Instagram. Yes. And I have to tell you that I never win stuff like that. So (laughs) I feel like this is just a change in my energy of like being lucky, first of all. So, um, but I won a reading with you or a session with you and I just went through it and did it. And I told you when we started, I'm like, look, I know the basics of Reiki. Like Mm -hmm. I I know it's energy and healing, but like, I have no clue what to expect. So you just kind of took me through. What do you tell people who are like, okay, energy, what do you do? What's this like? You know, people who are just really maybe confused or skeptical. Yes. Okay. Here we go. I love it. I love, I love talking about this stuff. If you can't tell, I'm very passionate about it. And like I said, I mean, energy is a part of all of us and I just feel so aligned and in tune with mine. I love talking about it. So Reiki is life force energy. And Reiki is a Japanese healing tradition. And it it comes from Japanese culture. 
And there are actually different types of Reiki. And I am still learning about the differences between all of all of the different kinds of Reiki and Reiki energy that you can channel. Specifically, the one that I am trained in is the Yusui Reiki. And so Reiki is life force energy. And a Reiki practitioner is someone who channels that energy in order to heal and clear blockages and rebalance chakras in themselves or someone else. And so for anyone who doesn't know what chakras are, chakras are the energy centers of the body. All of us have an energetic body as well as a physical body. And our energetic body lies over top of our physical body. And I like to say that the energetic body is our first line of defense. Anything that is coming towards us physically um, or energetically is coming through the energetic body first and then reaching the physical body. And so what affects the physical body obviously is affecting the energetic body. And so our chakras are the energy centers that run along our spine. We have seven of them starting at the base of our spine at our sacrum. That's the root chakra, and they move up all the way to the top of our head or the crown of our head, and that's where our crown chakra is, and that is the seventh chakra. And each and every one of these chakras is connected to different organs, different emotions, different colors, different sounds, and when we have trauma or physical illness, anything, it is affected by and in turn affects the chakras. So healing that can literally heal our bodies. For example, if you have been having, uh, if you get, a lot, if you have a lot of issues with your throat and you're losing your voice constantly and you feel like your throat is sore constantly, you need to do some throat chakra work. We have a chakra right at the center of our throat. And so there are different exercises, different stones, so many different things that are connected to each chakra that you can do to begin balancing and clearing out that chakra. And the great thing about Reiki is that a Reiki practitioner channels the Reiki energy into your body and lets it flow and clear out any of those parts of you, any of those chakras that aren't balanced, aren't spinning, aren't in alignment, and it helps to realign, rebalance, and clear out any ne negative energy, anything, any of the gunk that needs to leave you. Interesting. Yeah. And I, that's, I mean, after just going through my first session, I would say that's a really like, that's the easiest way to describe it. And you kind of told me ahead of time, cause I do meditate pretty much mm -hmm. daily, um, that it's kind of, for me, probably going to feel like a guided meditation. And I think yeah. that was pretty spot on. Yeah. So you can do Reiki in person or you can do it distantly. And with Carrie, we did a distance Reiki session. And with distance Reiki, you actually don't even need to be on the phone or on a video or anything with the person that you're doing distance Reiki for. They, you should always check in with someone and ask them if they want the healing energy, if they would like you to do Reiki on them. But you can do Reiki on someone that is not with you and they don't even have to know in the moment that you're doing it. Wow. And it but, still is as effective. Yes, but I, I just personally, for myself, I love to connect with people and I like to be in the present moment with the person that I'm working on and guide, guiding them through a meditation. And so when I work with someone one-on-one -on -one in person, I actually don't talk at all. Okay. I'm not guiding them through, I talk at the beginning and the end, but I'm not guiding them through a meditation. I am really just in tune and focusing on what I'm feeling and uh, an in-person Reiki session, I have someone lay on my massage table. They're fully clothed 
and we, I work through the body, letting the chakras guide me. And sometimes my hands are placed on the client. Sometimes they are floating a few inches away and I am just channeling that energy and helping to smooth over their chakras and get everything spinning and aligned and working out any, any of that gunk that they need to, to leave them. (laughs) Wow. That's incredible. And do you ever have people who come to you that are just like, I've, um, I have chronic headaches or I have had asthma since uh, childhood and they specifically think there might be energy, you know, in those areas? You know, it's funny because I don't know if I'm meant to be bringing this to the people who aren't aware about it, but I actually haven't worked on a lot of people who know what Reiki is and are super aware of their energy. Okay. I feel like most of the people that I'm working on are people who kind of like you are like, I've heard of Reiki. I kind of know, but this is my first experience with it. And so someone, maybe you would be someone to do this, but I feel like a lot of people wouldn't know to say, hey, I think something is energetically wrong here. Let me get some help. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't know that I would. I just think of like, I don't know if they would think it would be energetically wrong. I just think of like my dad who he has like um, chronic lung disease. He has COPD and um, he's had breathing problems like his entire life. He's had really bad allergies and things like that. So I don't like, he's definitely wouldn't be like, Oh, I have an energy problem, but I would just be like, well, you seem to have a problem with your lungs. And like, this has followed you your whole life. He hasn't, you know, he's had COPD for maybe the last 20 years of his life, but even as a child, he had like these lung problems. Mm, Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you should have him research, or if you want to research it for him, look at some heart chakra stuff. I'm really feeling like if it's lungs, it's at the back of the body and the front of our body are current present issues. The back of our body are past okay. issues and past life issues. And so when we're working okay. on the chakras at the back of the body, we're working on things that happened to us when we were children or things that have happened in a past life. And when we're at the front of the body, it's present day things, things that are currently happening with us. And so, yeah, ooh, I feel like you should look up some heart chakra stuff for him. And, and it, so it's, I feel like some people have a hard time understanding or believing in Reiki or energy healing. But mm-hmm, yeah. Energy healing is, it's, it's something that can literally be measured. It's being used in cancer centers to shrink cancer cells. So Reiki energy. Yeah, it's incredible. It's literally being used to shrink cancer cells. And when you think about it, what are cells? They're energy. Literally. Yep. So to me, it's obvious that energy being channeled through someone's hands can affect some more energy, which are cells. And it's a similar thing as to how emotions can affect our bodies. Like a lot of people, when they're nervous, they have diarrhea, right? Sorry if that grosses anyone out. but. Yeah. A lot of people get nervous stomachs. We call it a nervous stomach. When someone is nervous or upset, it affects their body and literally it changes their bowel movement. And what is an emotion but energy? Our emotions are pure energy and they affect our physical body. So if you don't believe in energy work, then you must not believe that your emotions affect your physical being or you must have never experienced that because if you have ever experienced feeling sad and crying, literally feeling the emotion of sadness and having physical tears exit your eyes, then you have to know that our emotions affect our physical being and energy can affect us physically. Yeah, no, it's so true. Are you familiar with Dr. Joe just Joe Dispenza? A little bit. He's been coming up a lot in my life. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people talking about him. 
Yeah, he is. Um, I've heard him speak on some podcasts and he has some books and whatnot, but he really does a really good job. People who are skeptical of energy and, and things like that, he talks a lot about the quantum field and about healing your body through mm-hmm. things like energy. And oh, really? he really bridges the gap between, yeah, between in my opinion, a scientific approach. He, he's very, I mean, everything he says is so rooted in science, but he's curing these people of these like inoperable brain tumors and these Mm -hmm. things that these people who had like terminal this or terminal that. And like, he's curing these people and it's absolutely, it just really bridges that gap between, you know, science. People want tangible, you know, evidence. That's why people rest on science and sometimes energy and those things, People think of them as like abstract things they can't put their finger on or whatever, but he really bridges that gap, I think. Mm, okay, I'm gonna have to look some more stuff up about him. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, yeah, it's true, you know, it's just true. <laughs> I don't know yeah. what else to say about it, but what I just said, like, I have experienced it for myself, and it's, it's the way the world works. <laughs> yeah. No, you're so right. Let's talk some about your business now and how just what you do, because this is full time entrepreneur Mm -hmm. and this is your business. What else do you offer and what else do can people expect from your business and what you do? Yeah. So, okay. So I started my business out as I don't love the term coach, but sometimes it's all that I know how to kind of encompass everything that I do. So I will call myself an embodiment coach. Um, I coach women to help them stop obsessing over the way they look and start focusing on how they feel. So my goal is to help the women of the world to stop putting so much emphasis on appearance and to stop the negative self-talk and to begin loving themselves, feeling confident in who they are, feeling confident in the way that they look, to be able to go out into the world and feel healthy and bright and light and live their lives like they were meant to be lived in happiness and joy. And so I actually haven't incorporated a ton of energy work and Reiki into my practice I actually did have a realization a month or so ago of why am I not talking about Reiki more and using this energy healing? I felt like I was doing a disservice to my clients by not bringing that in more, which is Mm -hmm. why I actually recently have started offering my distance Reiki sessions publicly and I'm, I'm doing more with it publicly now and Instead of just talking to my inner circle about it, I'm kind of going out and using it more. But besides Reiki, which if anyone wants to have a one-on-one Reiki session with me, you can. Um, we can do it, again, distance Reiki or in person if you're in or around the Charlotte, North Carolina area. But besides that, I have coaching programs. So I work one-on-one and in groups with clients. And I actually... I'm really excited to share that I have a new program coming out. It's called Body Talk Beginnings. And Mm -hmm. my business is called Body Talk with B. And this new program is called Body Talk Beginnings. And it's all about just what I said, helping someone, a woman, to stop obsessing over how she looks and to begin focusing on how she feels and connecting her mind and body, because I really, really believe that the key to healing is strengthening the mind-body connection. I believe that when our mind and bodies are fully connected and we're fully in tune with ourselves, we can't help but to love ourselves and to take care of ourselves and to be happy and joyful. Of course, it's not always 100% 24-7, but and it's I believe- practice. Yeah, it's always a practice and it's always learning and growing. But I really, really believe that the mind-body connection is the key to loving ourselves and accepting ourselves. 
And from this, I think to the, the other thing I always try and tell people too, when they, well, what will this do for me? Well, you know, people are like, well, I don't really care about that. I just want a career where I'm more fulfilled, or I just want to attract the, the partner that I want or whatever. And it's like, those things are symptoms of understanding yourself better, or they're, you know, not, not even symptoms because symptoms makes it sound bad, but those things are just payoffs of having a better relationship with yourself and understanding yourself and being aligned with yourself. So when people are like, well, I don't really care about that, but I just want, you know, to make more money or have a better job. It's like, no, it all starts at this like level that is deeper. That is so, so true. That is such a good point. Once we can get this down and pin this down, it, 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 it's like a, what is it? A drop in the ocean or whatever, you know, it it ripples out. It affects everything else in our lives. And that's why I've worked, I've worked really hard to pinpoint and figure out exactly what it was that allowed me to heal exactly what it was that took me from a, a girl who hated herself. I, who couldn't look in the mirror who had a panic attack at the thought of putting clothing on her body to go out and be seen by the world. And how did I go from that girl to a woman who doesn't focus on her appearance, who loves herself, who can wear a bathing suit in public without feeling nauseous, who feels confident in who she is, and who fully 100% can look in the mirror and look herself in her eyes and say, I love you. How did I go from such polarizing opposite like places in life? And I truly, truly believe it was the mind-body connection. It was getting in tune with my body and connecting. Like that is where the healing started. That's where my healing began when I was able to start focusing on how I felt. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I feel like that's the most that's the most change that I've had too. And I just I, do you have any advice for people who maybe they're not ready for anything like Reiki or, or anything like that, but they want to make some little step, just some tangible advice of like a little thing they can do today that would help them be more in tune with their body and just connect and be more in alignment with what their soul and their body is telling them. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So I always tell people, people who are kind of starting at ground zero, who, like you said, maybe don't even know what Reiki are, like, aren't feeling up to go into Reiki yet, whatever it is, people who are just now starting to realize they need to start connecting. What I always tell people that the most simple thing that we can do and something that even with it being so simple can create great, great change is to take one moment in your day to sit in silence and ask yourself how you feel. So sometimes I tell people to set a reminder on their phone, whatever it is, if you want to set a reminder on your phone twice a day or even once a day that just says breathe, When that reminder goes off, you know you have to take a moment, no matter what you are doing, to sit, take a deep breath, and ask yourself, how am I feeling today? And I think that this is so, so powerful because so many of us wake up in the morning, our eyes open, our alarm goes off, we think, okay, I'm awake, grab my phone, scroll through Instagram, look at what everyone else is doing that day. Mm get up, get ready for work. Oh, I'm in a rush. Oh, I need to shove this food down my throat real quick, not even noticing how it tastes. Take my dog out real fast. Do whatever you need to do with the kid, then get out the door. And then you're at work and you're focusing on work. And then you try and get your lunch break in real quick, scarfing that food down to get back to work. And then you're home and then you're doing the dishes and picking up the kids from school and doing this and that. And then you drop into bed, you fall asleep after watching a Netflix show, and then you wake up and do it all over again. There wasn't one moment in there where someone was able to focus on themselves or to ask themselves how they felt or to take a moment and literally connect to their body, right? So if we can start even setting reminders on our phones where we're taking one minute, five minutes to sit, take a deep intentional breath, and ask ourselves, how do I feel? 
And maybe the answer is stressed. Maybe it's tired. Maybe it's great. Maybe it's energetic. Maybe you're noticing that your left knee aches or that you have a pain in your right foot. Whatever it is, noticing how we feel in any given moment is going to start bringing us into the present moment and therefore strengthening the mind-body connection. That's such good advice. That's always my advice. Something along that same line that take time for yourself in the morning before you make time for emails and all everything else that bombards your attention. You said Instagram. I couldn't agree with that more. How many people out there that are listening to this? You wake up, your alarm goes off. And the first thing you do is pick up your phone and scroll through Instagram to see what you missed overnight. I mean, I'm guilty of it too. And the only way I've been able to combat that is to really be intentional about it. And I have a rule and I'm not perfect. I'm not, I'm going to be honest, but I do my morning routine, which includes journaling, reading my Bible, meditating, Mm -hmm. um, all those things. I do all of that before I'm allowed to open up any kind of app on my phone. And that's how I get centered. And that's how I feed, you know, myself, my soul before I tend to, you know, the concerns of the day (laughs) in the world. Yeah, I love that. And like you said, you're not perfect. It's not always that way every morning. You don't always get everything done that you wanted to do, but it's the intention. You're working on it and you're trying and you are having at least a few moments in the morning where you're focusing on yourself and that's great. Yeah, it's the start of everything, 100%. It really is. Tell me some about your podcast, because I know that that's a big part of what you're doing now, too. So let's hear about it. it. Yeah. So I have a podcast. It's called Body Talk with B, same as my business and my Instagram name. And it's about bodies. We talk about bodies. I have had a lot of different people on. I have people in the wellness community, people who are coaches, people who are body love influencers. I've had my friend who's a breathwork practitioner on everything that's related to wellness and bettering our relationship with ourselves. And so really what my podcast is about is, again, bringing the focus back to how we feel and moving it away from how we look and just helping people to understand how they can better care for themselves and how they can begin to accept themselves and to understand that that they are worthy and beautiful just by being and it literally has nothing to do with appearance incredible i love it thank you so much for being here Brittany. Yeah. tell everyone where i think you kind of already told us but tell us again where <laughs> they can find you on socials okay. and anything like that yeah so you can find me on instagram I am on Instagram a lot, quite often. That's definitely where I'm the most active. And my Instagram handle is Body Talk with B, and B is like the insect, B E E. And my podcast is also called Body Talk with B, and that's on Apple and Spotify and Google Play. I also have a Facebook page if you want to follow along there. Same thing, Body Talk with B. And my website, I make it easy. It's www.bodytopicb.com. And I do want to put it out there for anyone listening right now. I want to give everyone a discount on a Reiki session. Love it. So yeah, so for anyone who is one of your listeners, anyone listening right now, if you screenshot whatever you're listening to this episode on, and you DM me the photo on Instagram, I will give you 20% off a Reiki session with me. Oh my gosh, that's incredible. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I want to get Reiki out there. I want people knowing more about energy and understanding how powerful it is. I love it. It's the key to everything. It truly is. Yeah, it is. Thank you so much for being here, Brittany. I am so grateful for your love and your light. And I'm so grateful that you took your story that, you know, had some dark spots and you've really turned it into something beautiful and you've used your pain for good. And that in and of itself is so inspiring. Thank you so much, Carrie. I've so enjoyed being on here and I'm excited for people to listen. 
She is just the sweetest soul, you guys. I am so proud of her and what she is doing, what she is bringing into the world. And I love her story. It's such a beacon of hope for everyone who's going through something tough and that your pain is not for nothing. Your pain is, is going to be useful to you one day. It just takes getting to that point and it takes courage and vulnerability, but she just shows perfectly that it can be done. I'm just, I love this girl. Thank you so much for tuning in today and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure you head to the show notes for information on how to get in touch with Brittany, how to find her on Instagram, and also how to work with her as well because she has an awesome bunch of offerings on her site. So you're definitely going to want to check that out. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure that you rate it and subscribe. Uh, When you subscribe, it just means that the episodes will show up every time I release a new one. You'll get a notification on your phone. It'll be like, hey girl, Carrie put out a podcast. Go ahead and go listen to it. It's super chill. (laughs) And then, like I said, if you are enjoying the ones I'm putting out already, if you could go leave a rating and a review, just write a couple sentences for a review about what you like. That would mean the absolute world to me. That just helps the podcast be found by more and more people. And that's really our goal here is to just create an inclusive space where we can learn from one another and that we can share the messages of of what's going on in our lives and what we're learning from. Because like I said in the beginning, life is a team sport. It really is. You're not gonna, you can't do this alone. Trust me, I've tried many times. That's not how it works. So thank you so much for being here today, you guys. I love y'all for being a part of this tribe and I can't wait to bring you another episode next week. We'll see you next time.